0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm joined by Matt. How are you, mate? Good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. We're going to hit this episode with uh, rating about half the players in the squad uh, tonight. Um, And we'll finish the second half next week. But first of all, let's crack on with the news. Uh, John Asiata, signs a one-year deal with the Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, good signing, I reckon, in my books. Um with Adam Elliott, which is probably a next news piece, leaving the club. Uh, I think it's definitely a good signing. Almost uh, similar types of players. Um, uh, Asiata's probably got a little bit more experience, is probably a little bit more skilled with the ball, so pretty good decision. Mm,
1: Asiata, ball player, he's got a bit of a kicking game, you know, prop, uh, back row, lock. Also doesn't mind playing in the halves as well. He's done that a few times with the North Queensland Cowboys over his time there, uh, coming from the Broncos. I think, you know, I think personally, just to add to our pack, he adds something a little bit different. Um, we've got a lot mm. of um, players who are like battering ram type of forwards or who don't have yeah. their best stuff. Like we've got Luke Thompson with the feet work, footwork. Um, then we've yeah. got a lot of other young forwards who are hard and straight and through the middle. Uh, Aziata just brings another dimension to that, uh, which I think will help the overall pack in general. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and you've already mentioned our second piece of news, Adam Elliott. Uh, Uh, Had his him he agreed with the bulldogs to have it to to depart the bulldogs effective immediately. Yeah,
0: uh, was the wording. Um, (laughs) Adam Elliott sacked by the bulldogs. Yeah, in in real terms. Yes, Um,
1: definitely. I don't know why you would uh, agree if the five hundred thousand is the right figure of his salary. Yeah, I don't think anyone would just agree to think. Yeah, that's a good idea to leave
0: two years of that on the table. Yeah, and he'll probably pick that up elsewhere um, with another club and you know that is what it is uh look it's probably a decision that the club had to make it was something that we were discussing i think last episode and you're putting it to me um Mm. is there any way elliot could stay reduce deals and all that sort of stuff and to be honest when i heard the news that was the first thing i thought of that episode that discussion um and really you know there was no other choice at the end of the day was there
1: well i don't think so i'm It's weird because I'm kind of glad in a way, in the sense of that you know the we don't have a person who's going to bring bad publicity to the club. Like he's been given time after time, he's been given a couple of chances, and he's uh, you know failed unfortunately. As much as a good bloke he actually is off the field um, with his community work and you know in fan days, he's always been someone who's been easily to be approached and always stayed back to sign autographs. too many times he's hurt the the bulldogs' image. He's hurt the sponsors. What go with it? Even though that the, the uh, Arthur Lawndy was trying to defend him a bit. There's more stakeholders, and for, well, more stakeholders uh, than the main sponsor. Uh, you got the mem- mm. you got the other sponsors, uh, the other fourteen or fifteen sponsors who are the major ones, and then you've got all the
0: corporate partnerships as well as the members and fans. Well, um, you even had you even had Phil Gould out there supporting him as well, um, saying things online that you've got to give. Every judge, every incident on its own merits, and all that sort of stuff. To me, that type of talk is just um, is just to uh, please sections of the uh, of the public. Because mm-hmm. um, you like they're not going to come, come out and go, oh yeah, we should fire him, and then for the decision to go against them when they get to the board meeting. Right? Yeah, yeah. So they're not going to come out and have those divisions publicly. So that's what that, all that's about. Speaking about bad publicity and, um, and along those lines, Lachlan Lewis also let go by the club. Probably only about, what, six weeks left on the deal uh, mm. for trying to steal an NRL speaker and sell it on, I think, eBay. <laughs> Probably one of the most silliest dismissals we've seen in rugby league for quite some time. We've yeah. had disgusting ones. We've had um, silly decisions well, out in public, but um, uh, in, on the ridiculous scale, uh, this is probably a twenty out of ten. Mm, nah, it's it's actually kind of like the Cody Walker
1: situation in the sense on the field when he like threw him at half time on the ground because he was dared to by Cody Walker <laughs> or whatever to be grabbed and thrown to the ground. And you thought like then that was just silly, like you know. We we're going well against South. We'll, were we leading against South? I think maybe.
0: Well,
1: uh, up we there or there there's about. A yeah, and then we lose by eight points. Which South score all eight points while he's off the field, and we thought that was silly and you know just a brain snap. And then he goes a couple of weeks later and tries to sell a speaker. Um, disappointing thing for him is now he doesn't have an NRL club next next year at this, this current point or any mm. rugby league club. Uh, if that means he's going back to reserve grade. And he had, what, a $450,000 contract that they fought. Uh, Now he's Mm. lost the last six weeks of that payment. So it's been terminated with six weeks to go. So It was a shock to
0: me that he was on so much money, (laughs) money that high under the salary cap as well. But uh, moving on, there's also some more further bad news or potential bad news. Raymond Fatale Mariner. Has had bone graft surgery, and he's now a 1 in 5 chance, or 20%, if you prefer that way, um, 20% chance of retiring, unfortunately. An injury that um, was only meant to be a couple of weeks, he's supposed to come back mid-season, got pushed out to the end of the season, um, and obviously complications and surgery have have gone on, and now he's had the bone graft uh, procedure, and no one's really sure how he will uh, bounce back from that and if he will return to the field. Well, uh, fingers crossed. Then, uh, knock on wood
1: for Raymond Patel, and Mariner. He, you know, last only last year won the Coach's Player of the um, the Coaches Player of the Year award. He was a beast on the edge. Um, he's destructive and stuff like that. I mean, he's been a little bit forgotten because he's only played the two games, and that's when the injury yeah. first happened at Bankwest Stadium this year. And yeah, we thought he was coming back around fifteen-ish uh, return of play, and then it was just pushed back to round twenty or something, and then
0: it's a good runner just kept getting pushed out. It's really sad. I was looking at the potential lineup for next year and saw Raymond Vitella Mariner, and I was like, that's almost like a new signing for us <laughs> after after the uh, season that we just had. And as you said, he only played the two games, uh, but now it looks like he might not get back on the field uh, ever again, uh, which, which, you know, ho- hopefully not. 20% is, is less than 80%, so fingers crossed. <laughs> mm. uh, but it is a possibility. Uh, it goes to show that a NRL player's career can end at any moment doesn't it
1: mm, it does it does so i wish him all the best in the offseason hopefully everything else goes well for him
0: absolutely and uh scotty we are going to get into the player ratings um part one for season 2021 in just a moment um but you brought up the idea of having a bit of a discussion about the finals week one yeah well i love finals footy yeah. i uh,
1: you know, I love you know I love finals footy. I love um thing. I wish we were there to be in finals footy. I'd almost kill to be in a position of where Newcastle was just to be kicked out week one and finals. Just to say, yeah, we made it. Like you know, because it's been a lean year. But yeah. tell you what, week one of finals footy—that's as exclude the first game and talk about closeness. Like Melbourne Storm were clinical, by the way. They were just too good and eliminated all the uh, factors. You know, the Tom Dravojevic talk and all that. And you know, but what about all all the other games, eh? We had an upset with South and Penrith. Um, mm. You had the Titans, you know, they passed the ball. They <laughs> win the game against the Roosters, but you know want to put that, but, you know, one-point loss when they were meant to lose by more, well, expected to lose by more, I should say. And then you had the Newcastle Knights, you know, um, pushing the eels all the way to the end. Like, you know, um, mm. they ran out of thing, but it went to the final couple of minutes and, you know, elimination finals, it just makes teams lift. Yeah. Um, That's twice the uh, the Titans lost by one point to the Roosters this year, though. But teams, just that finals, like that's sometimes why bigger teams can lose in
0: finals. It just gives teams an extra 10% or 20%. Um, (laughs) Well, it's the age-old adage, isn't it? It's um, a new competition. And you hear it every year, yeah, yeah, new competition. Um, And it sort of becomes a cliche and people stop believing it. But I think on the weekend, it was proved to be correct. Once again, yeah, the results probably at the end of the day went the way everyone predicted uh, as far as wins and losses, but how it happened, uh, mm. no one saw that coming. Um, so i tell well, you what, the most impressive side for me personally was the Newcastle Knights. Uh, I gave them no chance of winning that game against Parramatta. Um, mm-hmm. And they, what was it, 28-20? They pushed them yes. all the way. Yeah. Um, came Just right down late, to the end
1: like there. a late try a couple of late tries for power really
0: sealed yeah. It for them. yeah yeah mm. so it's interesting um hopefully for Parramatta fans out there i uh, don't know if too many are listening to this but uh, you'd hope that the the knights lifted um because it was a finals elimination match which is probably the case um because you they only got over them by eight points and they need to play penriff now so um if it wasn't the Knights lifting, uh, Parramatta might find themselves in trouble, but I think it definitely was. You could, anyone that watched the game could see that. Uh, mm, backtracking no, agree. through the results. Yeah, backtracking through the results, mate. Um, Melbourne versus Manly. Melbourne pretty much did to Manly what I called a while ago. I don't know if it was on the pod, but I said to you definitely that um, Manly won't win the Premiership because they won't be able to beat the best teams of the comp with one player being so dominant. We've seen it before, Jared Hayne with the Eels, um, Barber with the Bulldogs. Um, you need more than just that one person dragging you through. Uh, and they came up against the best team in the league uh, over the last 25 years, and you saw what happened there. So it pretty much went as expected. Um, and if you want to add to that one? Yeah, I was going to say my most imp- – I suppose
1: impressive – well, who I was impressed by, I was impressed by South Sydney. Um, they were the only – underdog winners on the weekend it's not like it's not shock horror third beat second it's not like oh my god um like the first first beating or eighth beating first in the old final system but um Mm -hmm. no latrell mitchell and playing a young fullback in a finals match to blake taff and all that and you know they they won i thought um it was a really 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 good contest between both uh south and uh Penrith and they threw a span in the works. If you ask people about a couple of weeks ago who's going to make the grand final, it's Storm and Penrith. It's a rematch. And now it just can't happen. South Sydney just ruined that, the rematch grand final, because yeah. that would be either
0: happening in the prelim or not happening at all. So it was a, it was a high quality game, wasn't it? One of the best yeah. games of the year. Um, South's just getting go to over the top. Penrith um, nullified Nathan Cleary a bit, but the Rabbitohs, and lots of talk between. Ivan and Wayne before the game, and the old master gets one over the the younger coach there. The Titans, super unlucky to go down to the Roosters. I tipped the Titans um, and thought they the were... The Titans play the Seahawks. <laughs> Siri going up there. Yeah. Uh, I tipped the Gold Coast Titans, not the Tennessee Titans, Siri, uh, to beat the Sydney Roosters. Um, and I'll tell you what, I thought they should have, to be honest. Mm. They definitely had the opportunities. I'm not just talking about that Lark's play where I completely wrote them off when they were about five metres away from their own try line with, what, 40 seconds left, something like that. Uh, Break down the left-hand side, sprint it back over to the right. I was jumping up in the end of the lounge room, uh, screaming "Pass it to the theatre. That was, I think, before... uh, Brian Kelly, if he got the pass away <laughs> when he went for a skirt, I was just like, seriously, you got to find Fafita, right? No one stops Fafita rampaging down the field on it off the back fence or 60 meter lead in or 10 meters to go over the try line yeah. to win the game. No one's going to stop David Fafita there. Unfortunately, they couldn't get it to him. Herbert tried to do it himself and ended up flicking the ball over the sideline. Great to see some passion from Corey Thompson. Um, mm. well, no no issue with what what happened there at all, mm.
1: as well.
0: But yeah, Titans. Um, there's a bit of controversy over the field goal that was kicked by the Roosters, too, to win the game. So uh, I thought the Titans were very, very unlucky there.
1: So I've been tipping... I haven't been tipping who I think is going to win because in my tipping comp, I'm completely out. I've <laughs> been tipping who, I, who I've who wanted to win more than the yeah. other, and I've never, like, cheered on the Titans so hard. <laughs> like, that was the team that I really could got behind in the final series. Like, I wanted to see something similar to a Bulldogs 14 with the Titans, you know, even if they got to, like, prelims yeah. or something like that. That, I was cheering them on when they made that break. I was just like, "Yeah, I was a pretty good seven years." I was just like, "Where's Fafita? I know he's on the other yeah. end. Get the ball to him. Tell him he's like, you know, get it out there." Uh, one
0: of the biggest criticisms of, of Fafita is that he just stays in that second, second row channel. Mm. He doesn't come in looking for some extra work. This is one of those times where that exact thing would benefit you. You know mm. where he is. Yeah, get, get it to him. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Anyway, this weekend's got a uh, couple of blockbuster semi finals. Manly Seagulls up against the Sydney Roosters. Uh, two teams that I don't personally like, so I was a bit upset that those two came up against each other. Yep. Who do you tip there? Uh, let's go Roosters, because um, I dislike them a little bit less than that Manly team I, club.
1: I will go, I'll probably go Roosters as well, just because the same thing, but also J Moz. Players, and, then, yeah. and then, also the uh, Roosters' story this year. Uh, you can joke about their salary cap or whatever, but they've got so many players, or not even could be in this lineup, either reti- yeah. like retired we're talking about or out for the rest of the year. Um, for them to make week two of finals is pretty impressive. So it's a good story. It would be a great story leading into the prelims. I think so. I'll yeah. go for the Roosters based on the story more than anything.
0: <laughs> and also, if they they play Souths massive um there's a bit of an eastern sydney conference going on there scotty with um south sydney merely and the roosters on that side of the draw uh then you got a uh, western city battle for the right to uh play melbourne uh Penrith versus first Matter, and i think Penrith will get over the top there
1: yeah i think yeah i think Penrith will get over the top but Tell you what, I don't know if Melbourne are a little bit nervous if Parramatta can pull an upset because they're the only team to beat Melbourne twice this year. Just putting that out there. Yeah, I think that'll
0: actually possibly work against them. But anyway, we've spent enough time talking about non-Bulldogs things, uh, and it is the part one of the um, player review from last. So let's jump right into it, eh? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna do this alphabetical uh, alphabetical order by the player's surname. Um, so we're gonna kickstart this with uh, a bulldog, new, uh, a new bulldog this year. Corey Allen uh, played the eighteen games for the Bulldogs and three tries. Um, we're gonna rate. So we're going to, what? We're gonna rate these people out of these people, these players out of five.
0: <laughs> yeah, we could do it out of five. I think we did it out of five last year. So let's do it there. Um, and if that's the case, Scotty, I'm gonna kick us off. And say, I give Corey Allen a 2.5 out of yeah. got Yep. I think he, he um, obviously had some issues finding a position in the team, switching between uh, fullback uh, and wing uh, quite a bit. Uh, that disrupts anyone's season. He had a few injury concerns as well, but overall playing 18 games, only getting... Um, or playing in two wins. Uh, I know we only won three. Um They only scored three tries. I don't think he had the impact at the Bulldogs that we probably expected him to have uh, in the process. Mm, So,
1: like you said, I want to give him a two out of five. Um, He played fullback, wing, and centre this year. Um, And he played in the sequence of fullback, wing, centre, wing, fullback, wing again. So even like he had so many times out of position. But, yeah, he, he came in as an origin, the Queensland origin fullback. The series, but I know he played because of injuries and stuff. But he was an Origin winner in the arguably the worst Queensland side, and then he also played really well in finals in the place of Latrell Mitchell last year. So he came in with a lot of hype, and I don't think he lived up to it. But in saying that, um, you know, playing under the pack of Souths, uh, the team what actually has like Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, like attacking. Maestros, then coming to the Bulldogs. Um, That's obviously going to play a bit of an impact, and hopefully next year with the likes of Burton in the side, um, that he's he'll have a year where he scores twelve plus tries.
0: Yeah, well, it's not uh, almost. It's almost not about the tries; it's about the impact he's had as well. Yeah, that's true. And I think you're exactly right there. It's a big difference coming from (laughs) South Sydney, being a top four club for last couple of years and uh queensland origin side to the bulldogs who have been fighting out for the wooden spoon recently so you're spot on spot on there but I, like you said i think that's the positive side going forward as well we've got some we know we've got some um talent coming next year some more quality players coming and hopefully Corey allen will be able to shine uh underneath that situation player number two this year scotty yeah, is jake avarillo um 21 games, 7 tries, 27 goals for a total of
1: 82 points. Yeah, I'll kickstart uh, everyone's rating this year. I want to give him a 3.5 out of 5. Um, playing in the halves for the first time in his NRL career, um, I thought, you know, he had some really good games. He does like Stadium Australia, by the way, Jake. I feel like he plays really good there. But no, um, he, he started to get... Uh, I thought he started to make five out of his own, and then he started doing some... Some positive things before being shifted to halfback. Uh, in a change, I thought it took him a while to get into the halfback, and I felt like towards the end of the year he started to do that. I still don't think halfback's his best position. I, I don't even think he was our best best goal kicker. I still think Nick Meaney. I don't know. I just don't like ever He strikes him very low. He makes me nervous compared <laughs> to the others. But I think 3.5. I think you know that's just his first full proper season in NRL. Yeah. And I think it's a, a year that he can um, look back on. And I think he finished it on a nice high with the win. And he played brilliantly against the West Tigers. But I think a 3.5, you know, effort, tried hard. And being shifted from being the second playmaker to the main playmaker, I still would, if he is a half next year, and if they want to go for Burton and um, Avril Haas, which I don't think that's the necessary way to go, I, Avril has to be five mate He needs to be second fiddle because his best uh, assets is running ah uh, going.
0: You know what? I've actually got nothing to add to that. You made every point that I was going to make, and I also gave him 3.5. So let's just move on. Bailey, Beyond the Odo. Um, actually, before we do, I will say Jake Aparillo, uh well, both these players, Jake averillo and Bailey, Beyond Odo, two of the most exciting young talents we've seen for a while coming through. So looking forward to see them both develop going forward. Now, uh, Bailey uh, played nine games this year, uh, starting mm. at two, scoring... Um, Two triers um, for eight points. Now, interesting one. Um, starting off the year as the halfback of Jersey flag and finishing it as the interchange hooker off the bench in first raid. Um, so completely skipping the well, the non-existent uh, reserve grade in the back half of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting one. Look, I'm going to go probably three out of five. Uh, yep. I reckon he is really, really impressive in the opportunities that he was given uh, for the most part. Uh, the way he made impact off the bench uh, in that hooker role, a uh, position that wasn't even playing in under-20s, um, and really made impact uh, straight away in the, in the LRL was incredible. Um, there were some games where he was the only energy coming up. Um, I think if developed correctly, he might be our Jerome Luai, the chief energy officer, perhaps moving forward. Uh, I do like not that so actually. much at the. I don't. Have, he doesn't celebrate the same way. I don't think, but um, just on the ball. Yeah, um, he also got some opportunity in the halves towards the end of the year. I don't think we used him right when we did put him in the halves. Um, we had him at five eight with Avril on halfback, and the way we'll. We've talked previously the way that we had the five eight play and this year he wasn't given too much opportunity, uh, but he has shown enough this year uh, of his kicking game to, to really impress me. He's, I've been mean, making a lot of comparisons with Bailey Bealio and um something that you don't want to do at the start of a young player's career, but when some of those kicks from 30-40 out that fit, stopped in the goal and were able to put pressure on, um, either force them force a drop out or uh, force them close to the try line. Those particular kicks, um, in particular, is a bit first-esque. firstesque. Mm. Um, First. So yeah, I reckon three out of five is probably fair. I'm
1: I'm going to disagree with the rating you've added. Like all the points that I could say, I've only got a little bit more to add. Pretty much, I want to give Bailey Beyond the a four out of five. I think you know. I don't know if I'm doing it because you know the young age from Jersey flag into the uh, NRL, but pl- playing halfback and playing hooker, like you said, halfback to hooker, and that defensive part, he never uh, was never let anyone down. But also, um, the reason I'm going with a four, and like you said, the Jonathan Thurston thing, not just those kicks and stuff, some of the uh, the attitude he had when he scored that try against the Gold Coast Titans when we're yeah, was it Gold Coast, yeah, we, it was we, on the Gold we spoke. Coast.
0: Yeah. We spoke that, that barge over try. Um, yes. From W half, a small body uh, at the end of the game that was already over. Uh, yeah, that was We spoke about that that week too. That was very first to like uh, competitive lifts.
1: Yeah. So I just wanted to add that. So I'm
0: giving him a four. Yeah. I'd probably give him a three because he didn't play as many games. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. That's what I like about the ratings. It's... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it right.
0: alright. Yep. Dean Britt?
1: yes, yeah, Dean Brit. Next, he played one game with the interchange bench, um, which was against <laughs> the South Sydney Rabbitohs, which against his uh, old club. Um, he actually forced his way from the the Mountie side, playing really, playing
0: really good, constantly making over one hundred fifty metres at prop. Um, oh, you Not just much wa- to stay here, um, really? Unfortunately, he was left out the bubble as well at one point, departing um, at <laughs> season's end. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a zero point five out of five. Mm, I would give him a one
1: out of five, but you know, you just wish he was successful. with the Brit
0: surname? That's it. Let's move on.
1: Up next, we've got a uh, new recruit as well, Nick Cotric. Uh, unfortunately, you know, a bit of in- injuries in his uh, injuries ruined his season. He uh, played the 14 games for three tries. Uh, start off as a centre, end up being back on the wing. Hit, hit us up out of five.
0: Uh, I'm going to go same as... I'm going to go 2.8 out of five. Insane. Um, <laughs> insane. <laughs> <laughs> the, crazy. Reason being is, the reason being, let me explain, is that I literally thought uh, my comments on Nick Kotrick would be very similar to Corey Allen. Uh, expected more, um, probably didn't have the impact that we'll, we were thinking he would have over the course of the season. Uh, Ildry um, hurt his season as well, switching between centre and wing, um, which is big difference these days in modern rugby league. It uh, wasn't so much in the late 90s, early 2000s, but now... Uh, center and wings play very differently. Um, but the reason I had to give him more, p- um, the 2.8, instead of the 2.5 is that I do think he was slightly better than Corey Allen. So I have to have that um, relevant in the scoring.
1: Yep. I want to give Nick Kotrick. So I gave Corey Allen a two. I'm going to give Nick Kotrick a 2.5. I think he looked much better on the wing, more damaging. Uh, These ret- kick returns were quite good. Um, you know, looking at that, 14 games, three tries. For Nick standard, that's, uh, you know, quite low. But we've been, uh, like, used to seeing him at the Raiders. But then again, you know, pretty much similar things. You know, he had the, quite an attacking side at Canberra, Josh Hodgson, uh, George Williams. You had the English, like, brigade over there uh, who were doing some quite some good stuff with attack. Um, and then he's came to the Bulldogs and not quite the same class in the inside of him, but he definitely looked a hell of a lot better when he was staying on the wing than centre, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Agreed. He had some touches of brilliance mm. at, at times as well. Um, we, we thought we are just about to see... I thought I we are just about to see the best of Nick Kottrick at the Bulldogs, and he got it. Yeah, um,
1: term, so.
0: Bradley Dietz next. I'm just going to throw it out there, Scotty. One out of five. Um, he only played... Uh, seven games, six off the bench. Didn't get over the, the uh, trial line. Um, his best game of the year happened in the trials. <laughs> yeah, which <we> is <laughs> the don't... Sharks. He yeah. really made a name for himself, but he didn't really back it up in the NRL. And yeah, the trials are not counting towards these, um, these ratings. One out of five, you might say it's a bit harsh, but uh, he has left the club. I don't think he delivered what he promised after that trial game. Uh, he's been a bit of a journeyman in the reserve grade. So I do hope... Um, he can move to another club, um, maybe back to North's as a North City player or, or something like that, and continue his career and maybe develop further. Um, but you gotta judge on what was happened on the field, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with a one out of five for uh, yeah, Dietz as well. Um he you know, you just want the feel good story of the high school teacher who was a you know, played New South Wales Cup at so many different clubs, including North Sydney, most recently. Um, you know, you just wanted him to be successful. Like, I think everyone was backing him to be successful and wanted him to at least grab a bench spot for the Bulldogs regularly. And he had that chance in round one. Forty he played okay, but a few times he, in those seven appearances that he did play for the Bulldogs this year, he did suffer a couple of injuries a game against the Sharks. And then one of his, not even that long into his NRL debut, he had to get, get taken off for HIA. Um, so he had a few injuries in the way. Um, but yeah, like, like, eventually like having Sienna Katoa and Jerry Marshall King and Bailey beyond the doing the hooking role and he was just kept going below and he wasn't invited on in the bubble, uh, up in the Queensland. Um, I wish him all the best. I hope that his story can continue because of how good would it be a 27 year old making it a role? We love those stories and I wish him the best. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, next player, Scotty. I'll let you take the lead on this one. Matt Dury played uh, 13 games, one try in the final round. Uh, this one's a hard one because you know he had
1: such a really good uh, end of season last year. Um, I thought he was playing his best game, and then he got did an ACL injury. Um, unfortunately for uh, Matty, um, I'm going to give him a two and a half out of five. You know, in and out of reserve, like you know, in and out of reserve grade, um, damaging. Back row, he's quite a mobile back rower, um, which I like. And I thought, you know, he started to get, you know, get some confidence, and unfortunately, the injury, um, which is a shame because I thought, you know, a big off season, you know, he'd be turning, you know, 22 next year. Yeah. Unfortunately, but yeah. he
0: wasn't given the opportunities that I think most people are expecting him to be given this year. Mm. I think um, with the reserve grade on and off, or on and then off. I think that hurt him as well. I agree with the 2.5 out of 5. Um, but I think um, the lack of opportunities contributes to that as well. Oh, definitely. All right, Scotty, up next, a bit of a commercial one perhaps. After recent news, it's Adam Elliott. Um, I'm going to start off as well. It's a 2.5 out of 5. Very disappointing for his standards, especially after the year he had last year. Yeah. Um, I thought a lot of the good things he was doing last year just went out the window this year. Um, he didn't really stand up and he didn't take a leadership role. Um, and ultimately, probably the reason he didn't take a leadership role is because he's not a leader. Um, again, the season finishes with off-field trouble. Uh, we should be talking about what happens on the field with these player ratings, but I don't think um, any more than 2.5 is sufficient here.
1: Okay, I am, um, yeah, well, Adam Late season started with on-field drama, finished with off-field drama, and finished being sacked this year. Um, last year, like you said, what almost when our podcast player of the year last year, playing half a bloody season. That's how good he was, um, playing at lock and having this ball playing and kicking game. I'm even 1.5. I felt like some of his runs were so predictable this year. Um, he, his favourite thing is to go back and in, like he goes against the grain all the time. It gave him success. Ill, I feel earlier this year than it felt like it was his go-to thing. He forgot um, his kicking game. Remember, I think he set up two tries last year. Like uh, two tries I can remember last year from just putting a grubber kick in, and they were decent yeah. grubber kicks. They weren't like they ricocheted and ping-ponged off people's legs into someone and they scored a try. They were actually grubber kicks. Were bounced up for the chaser, and he had a bit of ball playing this year. Felt like the ball playing went out the window. He felt like his kicking game went out the window. I feel like the things they could add. He just went to his favourite back against the grain, back to the middle of the field, um, trying to catch out the tied forwards, which I don't mind that type of play as well, especially when you're a mobile second row and you can uh trouble the middlemen uh, who are a little bit tired. But it seemed like that was his go-to and his only thing he did.
0: Oh, well, I will say for him. Something that I think hurt him was the the move from lock to second row. Mm-hmm. Uh surprised me a little bit. I, I would have... I understand jackson being at lock as the captain as a player who could ball play a little bit but after the season elliot had i think um i would have preferred elliot to start at lock this year and for him to be his to lose um and i hope next year as much as i love jacko and everything he does for the team um i hope asiata could play lock yeah that's an interesting one <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, and maybe, maybe um, they can switch in defence throughout the game, but it also might be able to give uh, Elliot a little bit more energy to uh, make it a little bit less tackles to play out on the edge. Uh, the next player, Scotty, I'll let you start off. Uh, another player that was in the news um, section of this podcast, Raymond Fatala mariner
1: Yeah, the two games, one off the bench, uh, one starting. Yeah. Uh, Hard to give it a rating. I'm going to give him... I actually... I know we are meant to rate on uh, on field performances and stuff, and he didn't really do much on the field because of the injury, unfortunately, for Raymond. I'm going to give him a 1.5 because he's done a lot of community stuff as well um, whilst the team and was promoting the Bulldogs in a positive way. Like, he didn't kick stones or anything. You know what I mean? He just yeah. did his job, um, did, did what he could do, and he was doing every power to get back in the year. Like, he was... Um, all reports with the you know he's quite a popular member and and all reports with all the injured players as well um he was quite a he's quite a bit of a, a clown i guess in a good way keeps things light keeps things fun with the boys so he kept the injured players and a lot of players had a high uh, rap of him and but also all his community work he's such a good bloke and um i'd give him 1.5 and
0: i'm probably giving him yeah a point just because of his off field contributions mm. to the team I've gone for a one out of 5 Uh leave it at what you said, and we'll move on to, um, well, a player that's been in the news quite a lot um, this year, and probably unfairly so. Uh, he played 30 games, scored a try, and kicked 17 goals. I'm going to challenge this, because I think he's the best goal kicker in the club, um, including Nick Um Of course, oh. I'm talking about Kyle Flanagan. Oh, definitely. I'm...
1: Not going to disagree with that one. Kyle Flanagan's the best goal kicker. I just thought when uh, he wasn't playing, I thought Nick Meaney should have been able to kick a few more goals. Um, do you want me to start with this one? Yeah, oh. well, yeah, we go off. Yeah, sorry. This one's difficult because I felt the biggest letdown to Kyle Flanagan this year, and, and it might sound harsh, was Trent Barrett. Um, I felt the way he was handled this year in a sense of. Um, you know, he had played with those rib injuries. I thought he played brilliantly against Newcastle. I thought he was, you couldn't ask any more against him yeah, here back to well, round he
0: one was, this year. He was, wasn't he leading or second the try assist so after round one?
1: Yeah, so it was up there, and, um, you know, he couldn't ask for a halfback to do any more. You know, losing, losing performance, he, his kicking mm. game was solid. I think his first kick went uh, touch and goal, but apart from that, like if you had to, if you're going to, criticize every little part of someone's game. You're gonna find mistakes mm-hmm. everywhere. I thought he was good in parts, and then he had he had he went off the form, off form. And it turned out we found he had a rib cartilage injury that he was trying to play battle on with. Then he had a couple of weeks off. So he wasn't really technically dropped, I guess, but then he came back for a reserve grade. And even then he was available for selection. I kept selecting him in the 21 but never playing him in either or and then, you know, reserve grade had to be cancelled this year, so he never had a real solid crack. Then he'll get back up into top grade, get smashed by Manly, and, you know, with all those debutants being played, like, I wasn't expecting too much from Kyle like, Flanagan. Yeah. It was a Tom Dravoyevich show. Um, then dropped again, and then he gets back up, and I thought he played all right in the game when we lost, Then dropped again. So I think his biggest letdown was Trent Barrett and the coaching of him this year. And I wouldn't blame him if he's seeking a release by any... Th- stretch of the imagination for his
0: development. So I'm going to give him a two
1: out of five. Okay. And he's, yeah.
0: I gave him a 2.5 out of five. So yep. it's up there with Corey Allen for me. Um, solid start to the year. I thought he was unfairly uh, targeted by, well, the media at the end of the year. But if you go back and watch those early games, he was being, I'm going to say, I thrashed every time you hit the ball. Every time you kicked the ball, the players 10 10 were allowed long. to players were allowed to hit him and throw him back five, ten meters, well after the ball's left. I know it's become a big thing lately with Nathan Cleary this week, but I was talking about it back then. You could, especially at the game, you could see how late the hits were. It's taking mm-hmm. him about the kick chase, and I think that's that type of attention and lack of protection by the referees. Because um, everyone knew that other teams were going to target him. His kicking game, uh, this year. After what he did at the Roosters, I don't think he was as bad as they made that out to be. Um, with the all the talk and like the lack of experience in the Bulldogs team, everyone, we all knew that he was going to be targeted by opposition defences. And he wasn't protected by the referees. And I'm not saying protect kickers more than any other player, but I'm saying with refereeing rules and the rules weren't being refereed early on. And I believe that's why he actually got injured Mm. and his form started to drop. His confidence started to drop and it was just a really hard season. Um, I will say that on social media, I think during the week uh, he put a, put a post out saying uh, for anyone that believed in me this year, 2022 is for you. So um, good luck to him.
1: Mm. No, good luck. But so, your point you made, I just didn't back to the Penrith game when we were at Bank West that day where it was just raining cats and dogs. And you might say, like, you, you make a good point, the referee's like protection stuff. There were some hits by Penrith that were so late that they were ridiculously late. But it didn't, it took the Bulldogs about 70 something minutes before they actually reacted. Like, Corey dull reacted to one, I remember, in the yeah. game. Um, and you think sometimes, you know, your back rollers and stuff, if you're not getting the cause and stuff where they they were so late and Petr, like I'm not blaming Penn, if they, you know, I said we should do more to Nathan Cleary because that game he would kick the ball and we'd just pull out everything away from him. We wouldn't even touch him. Um, he was copying it and you know, you need your back, especially your back rollers and stuff who are staying next to the kicker quite often. Like uh-huh. if you're not getting the cause, start bringing attention to the late hits. Mm. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you might have to give away an accidental giveaway a penalty because you start a fight, a little fight melee thing, but then starts an argument and it gets in the referee's mind, he keeps getting hitting him late. Well, they
0: they won't. You'd probably you probably always gonna win the penalty as long as you don't throw a punch or do mm. something completely silly. If you just make a push and shove, um then it has to be reviewed by the bunker and mm. they'll see it. So I get your point there, but the referee should be looking out for it as well. Especially oh, what right. we're seeing in the um at the start of the year. It wasn't just Penrith. There was every team that we played in those first eight weeks. Um, But, like, we're talking about, there was a big blow-up about protecting Nathan Cleary this week. Like, what they were complaining about, what Penrith were complaining about was nothing even remotely comparable to Kyle Flanagan, what was happening to him earlier in the year. Uh, We will move on, though, because I think we've spoken a lot about Flanner on this podcast. We're right behind him. Um, next player, Scotty. Uh, Jack Heverington. I will kick this one off. I gave a three out of five. Uh, I thought when he was on the field, <laughs> he was, was pretty good. Uh, in patches, obviously, a three out of five is just over a pass mark, uh, which I think is fair. Uh, he had up like, played 17 games, scoring the one try. His best game was, um, in that final game against the West Tigers, a lot of players were, but playing in the second row so hopefully going forward, I hope to see a lot more of him in the second row, I think even his body shape sort of suits that position more, dead front row, um, and hopefully he can keep him out of the judiciary
1: Mm, Yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't give him a 2.5 out of 5, I think, you know there's a pass mark that you know some of the suspensions probably pulled him back a little bit Um, always gave it a Always gave it a go. But, yeah, I do agree that second row, like, Phil Gould tipped it, like, you know, putting him at second row, saw him as a back row. I think he is. Also, don't forget, he was in the top. For those who – players have been tracked, I'm pretty sure he's coming eighth as the top fastest NRL player. I mean, again, players need to be tracked and wearing the GPS trackers, so not everyone opts to wear them. But, you know, he runs over, like, 35 kilometers an hour. Uh, he's very quick for his size. And that try he scored, which is his first ever NRL try, he was uh, running to the dead ball line like David Peachy. Just put the ball down, Jack. It's your first one. Just put it down. It doesn't matter if the goal kick. But no, I think you know he's a goodie. But you know maybe the number eleven is Jack uh for twenty twenty two.
0: That's right. It's got to be taken away at the next one. Will Hoppawati.
1: Yeah, so Will Hoppawati played the twenty four games. He got the one try and the one goal. I would say his best game was against the Cronulla Sharks, where I thought it was the Will of old. And he score? <laughs> yes. Well, he did score that try, but it wasn't just that. It was the, yeah. the fact that he was creating opportunities and he was causing headaches for the Sharks in general. Like, if he didn't score, didn't... But I think a highlight for him was kicking that goal. I still... It makes me happy for someone like Will to get that goal, an ugly goal kick. Uh, not an easy one, but, you know, still got the goal. I'm gonna give him a 1.5 out of five in general, though. Uh, overall, there was times where, you know, he's 29 years old. He's a senior player. Uh, he's played every game. He's only crossed the line once. Um, a lot of times, he's you go you go think back back to Magic Round where Will Harper we made a line break and uh, he had Kotrick unmarked and he dummy and got tackled and Kotrick had to go out of dummy half and score the try. it was rightfully his, which should have been his. Like he, <laughs> Kotrick wasn't letting that one go against the Raiders, but you know, he's, I think there's a few times this year he's made some mistakes um, in decision-wise. I think his second-best game was against the Tigers, but 1.5. But also, his defence this year uh, is not to the standard of Will White. He's never been an attacking weapon at the Bulldogs or a massive attacking weapon. Like yeah, he might have had that really good passing game. But, you know, Attack knew that he's, he had a good passing game. He never, you know, he went in two minds with him. But his defence was something that, you know, he was, was held quite highly to, and I think this year wasn't to the standard. So he let he leaked a lot of points on his edge.
0: Hopper, I think it's safe to say it's probably Hopper Whitey's worst year in the NRL. I've given him a two out of five. Um, mm-hmm. I think he'll be up. well, he'll admit himself that one try for a centre. Out of um, sorry, how many games was it? Twenty four. Yeah, he played every game. Twenty four games. Um, <clears throat> is not. You know the return that you need. I think it, Hopper White is a hard one to talk about because he's always able to um, get the statistics. If you know yes. what I mean, he's always able to push up know those run you meters. Um, you could watch a game and almost not know Hopper White. He was on the field, and he'd have two hundred and fifty run meters. So like that's a that's a credit to him uh, for being able to do that. But I think over the last maybe two years in particular, maybe. Um, possibly three or four years, he really lost um, attack at centre position, the attacking spark that you need to play centre. Um, I feel that disappeared quite quickly for him, unfortunately. Um, and at just 29 years of age, um, he kind of looked like a, I say it respectfully, like a 35-year-old out on the field. Mm.
1: Um, well, you only go you back know, to the Good but, Friday. Yeah. Yeah, when Cody Walker just sprang past him, and Cody Walker's two years older, and the 5'8 just ran straight through and passed Bill Hopewright. was chasing, and with ease, like he didn't look like he was in full speed, and Hopewright looked like he was chasing at full speed, and Cody Walker was too quick. So,
0: he's been a part of some good times at the club, though. So, uh, credit for the career uh, mm. that he's had. Uh, good luck in St Helens. Hope you go well. Um, I think it's probably more of a. It's it's really hard to say. He's probably more of a fullback in attack these days, um, but he hasn't got the pace to defend there. So mm. yeah, I'm wondering more. if that two-year two-year Mormon mission that he took hurt him. But then R- R- Rapala has done it as well. So I don't know. It's, it's yeah, a real it's hard a, one to get your head around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've gone a 1.5 out of five. I've gone 2.5, and we might just have a little break up next on the list we've got a raider
1: Corey Horsburgh uh, played only the two games for the Bulldogs uh, mm-hmm. both of them off the interchange bench uh, this is a hard one to rate um, because you know he played two games and he was just the lone player but he played well in those two games so it's going to be interesting to see how you rate him and I want to see how you rate him
0: first so that's <laughs> uh, well see me that he's only available for two games and he played 100% of the availability and played really well during it i've actually gone um a three out of five sweet sweet he was one of our better forwards in both games off the bench um he made a real impact in his short time with us uh thank you for coming over and playing for us um and yeah i don't think he let himself down at all and he he looked like he really cared about the performance so um yeah three out of five
1: yeah, because I'm I'm gonna go 3.5 just so we can have a little bit of a disagreement, um, but yeah, like it's I, we were talking about before how hard it is, to, you know, come to a club, you know, two weeks. I thought it might have been maybe a tad easier for Corey being a bit younger and really trying to push claims into that Raiders side, but it felt like um, but you know, he put his body on the line, you know, he, he couldn't have done anything more really. Uh, the Bulldogs we thought were a bit were a little bit worried about how do you you know put 110 percent in. For a team that you're only there for a, a fortnight. Um, but he did. Uh, he played well, and you know he looked good in the blue and white jersey. And you know he wouldn't mind if anything you know happened at Canberra and needed to come to Sydney. Um, wouldn't mind him signing with us.
0: Yeah, the next player um, played seventeen games. He's the captain. It's uh, Josh Jackson. How did you? What have you given the captain?
1: I want to give uh, Josh Jackson a three point five out. Um, you know, I thought he was really good. Uh, first time he's actually missed games due to injury uh, this year with he had that calf muscle uh, unbelievable. Um, thirty years old, plays in like in the forward pack second row of lock and he's whole entire you know his entire career. Um I felt like towards the end of the year, I felt like you know he was getting really good, uh, really well. And I felt like you know games against Manly and stuff. He was making meters tackles, chomping everyone off, you know, um, aggressive. I just – just, I think if you want to look at Josh Jackson's year, there's a clip against Manly where he actually makes a tackle and then it was the fifth and last and then they um, rolled over the next set and he's made, like, 40-something tackles, played the whole game and he's just dropped for a second. You know, he's put everything – like, you know, he's put everything in the Bulldogs jersey. So um, – and I think, you know, he's still got it. Uh, he might not be the tri scorer that he was when he was younger, a little bit quicker, but you know that what he does in the field, and we look way better, way better when Josh Jackson's in the 13.
0: Yeah, I've actually given him a four. Um, you love what they get from Josh Jackson, and it's a high performance every week. Um, pretty much cut and paste any review of a game where we spoke about Josh Jackson throughout the season, and paste it here. Um, and that's that's correct for the whole season. So I've gone four out of five. The next player on the list, Scotty, um, very similar to Corey Horsburgh. It's Brian James. Um, two games, but he started in both and managed to score a try. One of the uh, highest-ranking try scorers amongst forwards, um, I think, ever now. it's so mm-hmm. really, really good. Uh, very similar thoughts for mine, Uh uh, compared to Corey uh, Thank you for coming over and playing those games To start in those games as well I thought he was even more impressive um, He really gave it his all um, And did did really, really well Definitely added to the team uh, And because uh, I said that he was A bit more impressive than Corey I've given him a 3.5 Out of 5
1: Sweet uh, I, Yeah, I love Ryan James like, There was that time he gave away the penalty He got so aggressive You know mm. Some it doesn't mean anything. And he also commented on Instagram after the Bulldogs won on the, on their page. Um, he's someone who's not allowed at forwards parties or forwards meetings. He scores too many tries uh, for them. Like, look at that one try in two games uh, for the Bulldogs. Um, you know, I think he's better than Corey Horsbrand. I'm going to throw one of your ones out there because I liked it. A 3.8. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm just
0: having a quick look. hundred and... 158 appearances overall in his career for um for 33 tries for a forward. Played a lot of those games in the front row as well. That's incredible. Really, really good. He also had a year at the Titans. Uh, he scored 12 tries in 2016. Mm. Unbelievable. I tell you
1: what, he was not allowed to hang out with the forwards when it came <laughs>
0: to meetings and stuff. He was hanging out with the backs. Tell you that now. Yeah. And I'll say, if anything uh, if happens at Canberra, I'll definitely take Ryan James um, at the Bulldogs as well. And, Scotty, I think we'll start to wrap it up now. Um, final player to do, um, it's Tui Katala.
1: Yeah, he uh, the 22-year-old played 11 games for the Bulldogs. Finally got his first win against the Sharks. Um, I felt like he started to become an NRL player. Like he felt like he was belonging and then a few injuries along the way. He signed another one year deal, so you never know. Him he, he's there to put pressure on some of the outside backs, even though we're getting a star line up next year with the outside backs. Um we've got some good depth there. I'm to give him a I wanna give him a two point five. I thought he never let anyone down, you know, safe under the high ball. Um, plays in a better side you know, better, like, half side and more attacking side. He probably crosses a few more times. Unfortunately, was another player who didn't go to the bubble because I think more injury-related than anything. But he's he's got another year. So I felt like, yeah, I just felt like he started looking like a top grader and then,
0: bang, injured. So He's the type of player that I like to refer to as a Scott player. <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah a player that you definitely definitely want to um yeah i agree with most of what you said there um i i went two out of five um i think that he's got a little bit of a way to go to be to becoming a out and out NRL a player um mm-hmm. and hopefully he's been given the opportunity now to be able to see how uh a, a josh had car does it a um brett nader still early on in his career but he's got Incredible talent, uh, those type of players Nick Kotrick, um, hopefully Touchwood will play more games next year as well so watch those boys and how they do it, um, he's got that opportunity now uh, to really improve and like you said, put pressure on the players up the top, but I feel like 2 out of 5 is probably fair.
1: I must say before we wrap up, he's so much different to his brother Sioni at the Sharks, isn't he? You've got uh, one who says he wants to make tries look sexy, Sione Katoa for the fans and that. yeah and then you got Tui Katoa who when he won his first NRL game and stuff like that um you watch like an interview of the Bulldogs website and you know he's just fooled yeah, it like just excited and just very quiet and humble and you know just like it's interesting it's funny the two our two brothers play the same position um different style of players, completely different styles despite them playing the way and you're right I do like a a winger who you know a a, almost like a workhorse type of winger type of thing i do like those ones who you know come in and i thought you know yeah but yeah so that will wrap us up so we got next uh week with we the other half of the players